All right, guys. Welcome back to my podcast, Interconnected. Again, for those of you who uh, have not listened to past episodes, this podcast is really a uh, outpouring from my heart. I've always wanted to talk and have discussions about how there are things in life, kind of that there's these overlaps, and that there's a beauty in searching and seeking and living out these overlaps. And so that's what this podcast is about. Today, I have a good friend online. I'm uh, excited to introduce you to him. His name is Eric Fan. He's in this world of career and technical education. So I'll let him introduce himself and kind of tell you a little bit about that. So uh, Eric, how are you doing? Hello, Edward Lee. This is Eric Fan with Squaridge. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, really fun. This should be fun. Thank you. Thank you so awesome, much. Awesome, man. Awesome. So just as the first question, uh, could you explain uh, what you do, uh, the name of your company, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So again, my name is Eric Fan, and I am the founder of Square Edge, Square Edge. And what we do is we are disruptors in the CTE space. Uh, CTE, CTE stands for Career and Technical Education in the education space. What we do is we provide career readiness curriculum for K-12, colleges, and social service program levels, um, such as CalWORKs, EOPS, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to say we provide career readiness curriculum and training for student populations, uh, mainly for interview skills, job retention, and job search prep. We want to do that in a very disruptive but friendly way. So that's a little bit about Square Edge. Very cool. Very cool. So how, and how does that, how does that manifest typically? Is it a written curriculum that, that they get? Is it like talks that you give? That's a good question. Um, it manifests in different ways. It can be online distance learning training sessions. It can be in-person on-site training. It could be workshops, professional development. Uh, there's also written curriculum, uh, either in hard copy, digital copy, uh, so on and so forth. It's pretty flexible curriculum formats okay and and how long have you been doing this oh man i've been doing it since may of 2014 just like barnabas robotics yes yes that's something i forgot to mention when i first met eric we realized we started our companies the same month same year that's right so holler back youngin (laughs) all right so you've been started doing 2014 uh could you tell us a little bit about what were you doing before that and how you how you got into it? Yes. So a little bit before when I started Squarage, I was in the corporate workforce from 2004 to 2014. You know, I kind of dipped into every little field, whether it was pet insurance, automotives, working at Toyota, Hyundai, uh, VPI Pet Insurance, Nature's Best, organic food companies, just kind of dipping my hand in everything. Uh, doing a little bit of copywriting, accounting, logistics, um, everything you can think of. And mm-hmm. I wanted to say those who cannot do well must teach. Uh, the corporate workforce was a, f- I, was a failure for me. I did not do well in the corporate workforce. And so I needed to preserve my sanity and extend my lifespan. So I got out of the thug life, you know, corporate <laughs> workforce in 2014. And 
I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that, you know, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different right. results. And I said, look, from 2004 to 2014, I've held 20 jobs, some contracting, some permanent, full-time, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, if I take on a 20th or 21st job, I don't think it's going to go well again. So I need to find something else to do. And, and you know how they say you kind of stumble into your destiny. You kind of mm -hmm. fall forward. And so – I ended up being asked by a uh, advanced nursing professor at Rio Hondo College. Shout out to Rio Hondo College. Okay. And they wanted me to teach career readiness as like a workshop to her nursing students. And I'm huh. like, I don't have a teaching background. I don't have a nursing background. I'm not from healthcare. Right. Uh, I, I, I just – I didn't know what to do, so I just came up with some uh, curriculum for – job seeking, I guess. And then I taught the lesson. And then every single one of those nurses got a job within, I think, like a month or two. And it kind of just snowballed wow. from there in wow. 2014. So that's kind of like the, you know, the beginnings. Wow. So how many people were in this, this it was a workshop, a one day workshop or several yeah, sessions? Right, right. It was like a one day workshop. It was only, it was about 13 advanced nurses trying to get a nursing job in, in the hospital. And you can imagine I felt a little nervous because I don't have that nursing background. I never interviewed in a hospital before, but I just taught them what I knew and, and the rest, you know, kind of rest is history, sort of. Uh, so, yeah. okay. So I got to ask this, man. So, yes. so you, you're painting the story. So someone asked you to put on this career readiness workshop, right? Right. Yes. And at that point you had not written curriculum nope. in this area, career readiness. You did not know about nursing. Nope. And yet it sounds like you did okay. So what what's the deal? Like how did you do okay? That is a you know, the funny thing is, first things first, when I was done with college in twenty ten, I said I'm never going back to school. I, okay. I I did not like going to school. It was really hard for me. And, and so it's funny how I'm back in education when I didn't like it. You know how the it's kind of funny, but how I ended yeah. up there is kind of a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, story. Um, I'll try to I'll try to sum it up. So no, no, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a crazy story. So how do you go from writing curriculum and career readiness when you don't have a teaching background, education background, none of that certification? It was long story short. It was like this: um, when I was in high school, okay, high school, I yeah. I got like C's. Uh, I was like a C student, and I, I decided early on that I was not going to study. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to open the book. I'm not going to study. And okay. so I'm like, how am I going to pass these classes without studying? We got to figure out something. Okay, I can beat this. And yeah. so I figured out in high school what I was going to do was this. I was going to turn in all my homework and then fail every test, and it'll average out to a C. So I'm good. But here's the problem. That was your, that was your strategy. But that was my strategy. It'll work okay. for the most part. But here's the problem. Um, okay. Sometimes you have group projects, right, for a final yeah. grade. And I said early on, like, I'm going to be the guy that does not contribute. I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to contribute. But I still yeah. want the A, and I don't want my group members to be pissed off at me. So what am I going to do? So I bargained. I bartered with people. I said, look, what's the number one fear in America? It's public speaking. And yeah. so every group, every student in high school, every group I was in, they didn't want to do the public speaking portion. So I just traded with them. So look, 
I'll do the public speaking part because I'm really good at it. I'm like the goat in this. But you're going to have to do everything else. So you do the PowerPoint slides, you do the research, the Excel, the Word doc, all the all that stuff. And I'll come in at the very end and do that 10-minute 10, 10 presentation for the group. And you guys just sit on the side. How's that? And okay. that's, how I, that's how I got through high school. I, I bargained like that. And then I get into oh. college, right? Okay. Here's the problem with college. That doesn't work because uh, the bargaining part with the presentations work, but the GPA part, the grades doesn't work because you, what happens in college is the grades are weighted. So mm. you can turn in all your homework, <laughs> but it's yeah. only 10% of your final grade. It's, it's weighted. Right. So if you so, fail all your tests, it comes out to a D. So, yeah. I'm, so I'm like, yeah. look, uh, I decided early on in college, I'm not going to study. I'm not going to open that book, but I got to pass my classes. What am I going to do? I'm not going to work hard. So what am I going to do? So I figured this out. Um, check this out. I had a yeah. friend. Um, let's just call him uh, George. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, George. <laughs> George worked at the admissions and records office at Cal State Fullerton, which is my alma mater. Okay. Okay. And what that means is he got me in the system to cut in front of line in front of the line of head of juniors and seniors when they're selecting their classes for registration. So what that means is I could pick the easiest professors, the ones that pass everybody. And so I befriended this guy at admissions and records. And I uh -huh. said, Hey, get me in front of uh, all the juniors and seniors so I can pick the easiest professors who pass everybody. Cause I did my research. Yeah. And so he did that and all, and you're probably wondering what was in it for him. Cause you know, it's all about trade. And so right. what I gave him was, um, uh, you know how like in the school cafeteria, they have those stamp cards every 10th meal you buy, you get the 11th one free. Uh -huh. So I had a stack of those and I just gave him ration cards <laughs> as payments. Uh -huh. Right. <laughs> and he, that was good for him. That was good for him. He gets free lunches. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he hooked me up. He put me ahead of the line. So the day one of registration, I'm like a sophomore, you know, I'm failing all these classes and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get the easy props so I don't have to study and I can still pass. So he puts me in a line. I get all the easy professors. I get in those classes and what happens is I'm still getting like a D. And <laughs> what I realized was I got to take it one step further. And this is what okay. I learned early on is, um, I had to befriend the professors because if i befriended them at the end of the semester they'll yeah. change my f to a c they'll change my d to a c and pass me at the very end because of goodwill because i've built that rapport okay so i wanted to you know i learned early on i had to learn persuasion and relationship building rapport and mm. and so that's how i got through college because i knew if i opened that book it just wasn't going to happen. And so I got through it because of Georgian admissions office records um, and because I befriended my profs. And then now you're probably wondering, okay, what does this have to do with career, career readiness? So <laughs> lo and behold, sure. yeah, uh, I'm now in my junior year, you know, college, and I need some work experience. I don't have a lot of work experience. I don't know much about resumes. I don't know much about interview skills. I don't know much about workforce uh, etiquette and so forth. And so what I learned early on was um, that I was behind the eight ball because I didn't go to a prestigious college. Cal State Fullerton is 
you know, like a nice Toyota Camry education. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I had like a 2.2 GPA. So, and you know, I wanted to aim high. So I wanted to get an internship at Toyota, corporate Toyota in Torrance, California. And yeah. a lot of people are like, dude, you're aiming really high for someone that's close to academic probation. Mm. And, um, so I was really, really uh, scared that I wasn't going to get in. And this is like 2008, um, third year, fourth year, I need some work experience and I want a good work experience, not just working anywhere, you know, like not McDonald's or something. Yeah. And so this is what I did. Um, I knew I needed help, but I didn't have any hookups in Toyota besides my cousin, but I didn't want to put down my cousin as a referral because that looks kind of lame. Okay. And so I reached out to this guy randomly. His name was Alistair. We, where'd you, where'd you find him? Uh, so website. No, I, I, he was like a friend of a friend of a friend of friends and we never met. We never met ever. Yeah. We never met. One day I emailed him and I just emailed him out of the blue and I mentioned that soft referral and I'm like, man, this is probably not going to work. He doesn't even know who I am. Uh, and I emailed this guy, Alistair and he emails me back right away and he says, call me here's in his number. And then I call him and he's like, where are you? And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm in California. He's like, meet me in Brea in 15 minutes and dress up in a suit and tie. Really? Yeah. And then he and we met at the steakhouse. And then um, he just he he freaking undressed me. Like he just destroyed my resume. He wrecked my oh, head. Okay. He just, he just went like um, you know, like like a drill sergeant on me. Very military. Yeah. Just destroyed me. And then for the and then for the next two to three weeks. He prepares me for the Toyota, Toyota summer internship interview. Okay, we met up about wow. ten times over like a two or three week span. Oh wow! He taught me everything about the interview skills portions, and he even showed me like the questions they were gonna ask. They sh- he t- showed me he he even had me drive up to the Toyota headquarters, and he sat me in the conference room that I was gonna interview in just to soak it in. Hmm. And then he, we even peeked around the corner. And he's like, "Hey, you see that guy over there?" See that guy over there in the, that cubicle? That's going to be the guys you interview with. So he was just giving me every inside information, right? And then um, he wow. helped me prepare like crazy. And then I learned that they were only going to hire a 102 interns out of the whole country. And, uh, and so I ended up getting a job, and I owe a lot of it to Alistair. And yeah. then from there on, it was kind of the rest of history. I just kind of learned how to – write really good resumes, like eloquent, eloquent BS, you know, and how to interview really well and how to behave in the workforce really well. And then I think the, the moment that I knew I was really good at it was when my friends from Berkeley and Stanford were asking me for help during 2008, 2009, you know, the great recession. Yeah. Um, Cause they saw that I was getting jobs left and right after my, yeah. after Alistair taught me everything. And then yeah. my friends from Stanford and, and uh, Berkeley were really struggling and they helped me. I mean, they asked me to help them get jobs and interviews, which I did. And so that's kind of because of that. And then plus a 10 years workforce experience, all that, you know, public speaking trade in high school to, you know, buttering up to my college professors, to Alistair taking me in, 
that's what led to content yeah. creation and curriculum development yeah. for that nursing class. It was like 10 years in the making or 20 years in the making. Yeah, so I could yeah. see all that just triangulated came together, right? Those right, experiences, absolutely. what you learned. And, and you know, I as you're sharing this, you know, I, I'm, I'm the king of um, looking at weird intersections. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's what this podcast is about. So I got to put this out there. You tell me what you think. So I yeah. think... Okay, for those of you who don't know, you know, Eric is uh, Taiwanese, just like me. And, uh, you know, growing up, the Taiwanese kind of work ethic, the Taiwanese kind of probably a lot of Asian American kind of like, yes, like approach to education yes. is not what I'm hearing from you, Eric. Because what, what I've heard is like, you know, growing up is, you know, this is a textbook, study hard, do all your homework, right? get A plus on the test. None of this like, you know, I'm going to just turn in the work, fail the test. None of this, like, I'm not going to contribute to the group <laughs> thing and, and kind of wheel and deal. And yeah. also, you know, also very little of a, I wrote these words down as you were talking. Yeah. I, I think some of the um, really impressive things that you exercised early on, just even in school, I, I wrote down creativity mm-hmm. and then you said persuasion, relationship building. Right. Um, those things weren't really talked as talked about much you know in my kind of upbringing in terms of education so how how does that fit for you man like does that does it also seem weird like the way that you approach education is that different from what other people think it should be or even with your family it, friends yeah like, that's what, a good or, question because yeah. you know that you, you brought it up you said in the asian community it's about education working hard and you know blood sweat and tears right yeah yeah and you go become a doctor lawyer engineer whatever for me, growing up, um, I really struggled in school. Um, when I tried hard, I got a C, maybe a B minus. And um, I remember when I was in second grade, uh, something that really was traumatic for me was um, they sent me at the end of every day to the back of the room. There was an extra room with a special tutor because mm-hmm. I had a learning disability with um, my speech impediment. And so all these Asian kids in my class are getting A's. They're 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 going to gate program. If you remember what gate is, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah gifted, gifted, and, gifted and talented yeah. um, education or something for special students. And I'm in the back, yeah. you know, just struggling to pass this class as a kid and struggling with my speech. Mm. And then one day, my mom just had enough with me, and she she and my dad sent me to a public speaking um, boot camp called Dale Carnegie when I was like ten or eleven. Okay. And in that boot camp, that's where I learned public speaking and like how to BS with people, how to butter up, how to, you know, how to survive uh, with emotional intelligence. And so I realized at a young age, I was like, the only way I could survive is if I, if I do it through emotional intelligence, it's not going to be through IQ, it's going to be through EQ. Mm. And so when I was uh, meeting up with Alistair, Alistair says something to me when I was really young, the guy that helped me with getting into Toyota. Yeah. He said, Eric, if you rely on your brain, you're not going to make a lot of money. You're not going to be successful. If you rely on your mouth, you're going to do really well in life. That's what he said to me. Yeah. And, what did uh, you think it, at that time? Did it just, was it at, like, dude, this is truth? Or were you like, get out of t- here? I don't, I don't that, know what you're saying. At, at that time, it was very, very offensive. Hey, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you felt offended. Right. Okay. But, you know, he was right. He was spitting truth. And I always said, you know, I'm only good at two things in life, basketball and EQ. That's it. Everything else, I'm average or bad. <laughs> and so 
I learned really, really. Uh, so I learned there was there so much. Thanks to my mom and dad putting me in that Dale Carnegie speech class, it helped me leverage into how to bargain and trade for grades in high school and college. Um, since since public speaking is everyone's number one fear, and that happens to be like one of my greatest skill sets, and that skill set came from listening to because it was Dale Carnegie, right? But it was also listening to a lot of gangster rap. Mm. Like something about just hip hop and gangster rap in the nineties gave me that like that um, mojo to go on stage and just you know crush that thing. Wow! So gangster rap, EQ. Gangster so rap. gangster rap. Also, my mom was not cool with that either. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, because I I just like the way because um, it was like because my thinking when I came into career education and education space was. I want to do what hip hop and rap did in the eighties and nineties. I want to be the Tupac Shakur of curriculum design development, which is in the eighties and nineties, they came in and, and do you remember how it was when rap and hip hop came into mainstream? It was the narrative was they are disrespectful to women. They cuss too much. They're violent. They're, they're bad for, they corrupt the youth. Yeah. And then what happens today? Uh, Hip hop is the number one consumed culture in the world. You yeah. know, and so it became the standard. And now what happened? Rock and roll, which is America's pastime, it's now extinct. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do with my curriculum is how can I go about it from that angle where I'm trying to respect tradition, but tell them, hey, there's a new way of going about career readiness. And I want to help these youth generation Z kids, millennials, and, and so they can get jobs. And so that's kind of like my thinking when I was going into – uh, career readi- career readiness, teaching, and how my adolescence played into develop- developing it. Yeah, so the Tupac of uh, career technical education. Right. <laughs> or, or of curriculum, right? Of curriculum or, or education in general, you know. Yeah. So, okay, you know, I kind of know a little bit about you already, Eric, but I love that you've, like, this is, like, our listeners, they kind of are getting you now. They kind yeah. of understand where you come from. And so right. you're this, like, out of the box guy. And so a lot of times, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe other people, I for sure, this has crossed my mind. Like, okay, so Eric, when I'm, when I'm with you, you speak your mind and then you do your thing. Right. I love how you even said like EQ and balling. That's your thing. Yeah. Right. Everything else, you're just going to be, you, you said it, right. You're going to be average or below average. Or worse, right. right? Like and you're going to stick to those strengths. Yes. Stay in my lane. So, Okay. So I, I love that. So you're, that's who you are too, you know, when we catch up right. on a Sunday or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You catch up, that's you're that same guy. Right. Now, when you – so that's cool, and I could see, you know, yeah, a lot of people could like that. I could also see a lot of people, maybe they're like, <laughs> who is this guy? I, yeah. I, could see, I could see you walking and just kind of clarify. Eric works with school districts. You work right. with teachers, principals who are, like, legit. Right. And so when you bring in your I want to be – the Tupac Shakur of <laughs> curriculum CTE, like, is it well received or are people like, this is way out of the box. I can't handle this. Like yeah, what so is that? In is general? A, that's an excellent question. And I, and it's, it's not a one, it's not a black and white answer. The answer is it's a, it's a mixture of everything. If I could just nail it down, it would be, it would probably be 70 to 80% uh, positive reception. Okay. And then 20% like who the heck is this? I get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's his nutcase. Yeah. Um, 
when I started to, you know, outside the box, because one of our slogans for the business is zig when everybody's zagging, right? Yeah. Zig when others zag. And so it's received really well, but it's also, it has its haters. Now, the reason why I go about the way I go about it is because I believe you have to evolve or you're going to die. Yeah. And I believe a lot of these educators don't want to evolve. Before COVID-19, they didn't want to evolve. Now, because of COVID-19, they have to. They don't have a choice, right? Yeah. And so I remember I read a book. The book was called uh, Purple Cow by Seth Golden, if you know that guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard of that. Yeah. yeah okay. So I read that book. Uh, by, uh, shout out to Seth Golden, uh, my boy, yeah. Purple yeah. Cow. And he said, look, he said this. Uh, the market is so saturated now that – if you make a product for everybody, vanilla, you end up making a product for nobody. Yeah. And so he encouraged in his business book to go after niche markets, go after crumbs. Don't go after, you know, the general public. Go after niche 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 markets. Yeah. And so I didn't I was struggling with that because I was like, I want the masses, man. I want everybody to to buy from Squarage and collaborate with us. I want everyone's business. But I realized that I can't do vanilla because vanilla's already been done. There's a lot of people who do what I do. They've been doing it for 20, 30, 10 years. They already have a lot of the, the schools by doing vanilla. So if I come in and do vanilla, I'm not going to get any market penetration. And so after reading this book, I was like, we got to do different. We can't be a white vanilla cow. We got to be like a purple cow, a green cow, a, a blue cow, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, there's always a saying, you know, you bet on the jockey, you don't bet on the horse. And so I bet on myself and my strengths. And so I was like, I did my thing. I wrote the curriculums. I wrote three of them. And I was like, whatever happens, happens. And after writing it and putting it out there, um, it ended up being really well received by social service and county programs like CalWORKS, EOPS, uh, and Department of Social Services and just other kind of programs like that um, that did really well with at-risk youth, transitional age youth, and then it worked really well with uh, K-12, you know, high schools, high schools. Yeah, yeah. And there were crowds that it did not drive well with. So I, okay. I, you know, I want to paint the full picture. And, and I realized that if you try to make everybody in that room happy, you're going to end up getting everyone to like you, but no one's going to love you. Hmm. And so the magic zone is to get half the room to love you and half the room to hate you because that's how you break in as a small business entrepreneur. Um, you have to go for that contrast because that's how you get your foot started. That's how you get foot your foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it, it's come with hate. And, um, and in the beginning, it was really hard. And now I've learned to just uh, embrace it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was gonna ask because yeah, you know ahead. I'm I'm like touchy feely, right? So, hey, I'm so too. yeah, so you put yourself out there, you know, right. just like me and Barnabas, I put myself out there, right? And I have these certain ideals, and and I've worked out some things in my heart where I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, this is who I am, this is what I'm gonna do. And when it gets rejected in any form, right? Like it's not, it's it it, it could sting, you know, it could like kind of. So for you, like when you're saying. When you put yourself out there, because as you're talking about this too, it doesn't seem like to me that this is just a mask, you know, like this is your approach on your curriculum, but you approach your life a totally different way. To me, it seems integrated. Right. So what I'm hearing is like, it is 
in a sense, you like putting you putting yourself out there, not just professionally, but personally. So when you say it doesn't go well, like what what usually happens? Like, do you get booed off the stage? Like, it's just like crickets. Like, what (laughs) what happens? And then how do you feel? Like, how do you pick yourself back up after that? So good question. So um, seventy many times when I'm speaking at an education conference, you know, it'll be about seventy percent will will really love it, right? Okay. And thirty percent will be that vocal minor vocal minority, and so what happens is during the Q and A session, they will ask very very aggressive questions, and okay. it, and it it comes off very uh, it has micro aggressive undertones, mm. and okay. and I as I'm as I'm responding to them and give, answering the best I can, I'm realizing they already have their minds made up. They're, you yeah. cannot convince them. They are just wanting to try to get personal at that point. Yeah. And so I realized that uh, it goes back to gangster rap, Ed. Okay. Um, <laughs> do, do you know Eminem? Do you know Eminem? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So do you remember when he came up in like 2000 and like all these religious groups were going after him? Yeah, because he was, he was also out of the box. Right. And he yeah. said something to the effect of, like, I knew I made it when the religious moms were trying to get me off the radio station. Oh, he said, okay. He said something like that. And yeah. Square Edge is nowhere near there. <laughs> we're like a little, <laughs> little baby. But that's kind of where I'm coming from. At first, I'm hurt. I'm taking it personal. It's, you know, I'm a sensitive guy. It hurts my feelings. But on the other yeah. hand, I'm like, hey, it, this is how you're making a difference. Um, I am helping the Generation Z and millennials with career readiness, and I'm going about it in a way where I speak their language. Yeah, I relate and contextualize them. And these teachers who are probably their parents don't like the way I'm coming off of some of them. Yeah, and and I know that I'm here to help them, and they can't see that, and so that's okay as long as I'm doing my best to deploy empathy. And I'm trying to adopt their perspectives and I'm trying to understand them. I think it's okay. And I think it's okay to be a little hurt and bothered by it. Sure. And as long as I adapt, I've had to adapt because I've had, I've had school collaborations in K-12 that have asked me to modify my uh-huh. curriculum to make it more okay. age appropriate. And I've done it. Yeah. Okay. I'm willing, yeah. I'm willing to adapt. You know, I'm not yeah. a, I, I can compromise. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, you evolve or you die. Yeah, and so you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little quick story. Let me tell you a quick story. It was in yeah. uh, 2017. I'm teaching at a uh, county program run- that will be unnamed, and I'm training them. You know, they're trying to redesign their job service, job seeking services for their their student populations and so forth. And there's this guy. He's really bothered by my uh, outside the box curriculum contents. Really, he's really offended. And yeah. at the very end, um, he goes for it. You know what I'm talking about? He goes for okay. it. He, 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 he uses that, you know, he, uh, he goes for the, he does the, he goes for the race thing. Oh, okay. And, um, he, he went there and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't think they would go there. And he, yeah. he went there and, um, you know, I, I really struggled with it. And because of my fear of prison showers, you know, I restrained myself, but if we were in the wild, wild west, it'd be a different story. Right. But this is 2020, yeah. you know? So I took that learn as a learning experience and I realized there are people out there that are still like that. And I use that to modify and tweak my curriculum to make it um, even better. 
and so it made it kind of it's kind of like um it made me do what i was what i was already doing but even more because i use mm. it as fuel you know yeah and so it was a good learning experience and i became stronger after that because i never knew that would happen in a crowd setting yeah yeah did it to really um yeah to kind of get hit in the face with that right yeah it came out of nowhere i didn't expect that yeah um, but yeah but you but it sounds like you kept your cool I kept my cool, but I, I felt like um, I feel like I'll I'll be able to better respond next time if it happens. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. You know, I I want to park a little bit on yeah. You know, one one thing you you mentioned, which is about helping the kids of this generation, mm -hmm. right? Right. And I feel like you know, and I kind of know this, and I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of share with with the audience a little bit that you know, there's a passion behind what you do like it's not a, just a job because maybe right. it's just a job and then you hit some hurdles or people are like hey i'm mm -hmm. not i'm not into this eric maybe you just stop right but if there's purpose passion mm -hmm. to push through right um maybe you keep going could you talk a little bit about just mm -hmm. you know how you're you've developed a heart for youth and just even some of this i know that you mentor youth just mm -hmm. you know on the side too can you talk a little bit about that absolutely so you know, when I started Square Edge in 2014, my passion and purpose was not very honorable. Honorable. It was uh, get rich or die trying, right? Yeah. It was, uh, I wanted, you know, just get the cheddar. I wanted to become successful. That's all it was. Yeah. And, and so for the three first three years, I just chased money. Hmm. And then in 27, uh, 20, early 2018, so about three years in, three and a half years in, I go to Arizona. Uh, to speak at a high school, Maricopa High School. Shout out to Maricopa High School, James Fry and Forrest uh, Newsom. Yeah. Uh, I go to this high school in Arizona, and I speak to 600 high school kids. And after I'm done speaking to them, about 60 to 70 of them, uh, you know, about 10% of them, they rush up to the stage to want to like talk to me, take pictures. They want me to sign their sign their textbooks, whatever. Oh wow! And okay. I'm and I'm blown away, and I was surprised by what every single one of them was saying to me. It was they were sharing with me that they were struggling with their mental health at such a young age, huh. and you know, depression, anxiety, suicide. Uh, a lot of them were like, "Hey, can you stay after and eat lunch with us?" Oh, and wow. then and then one of them was like, "Can you ride with me on the bus back home?" You know, cra crazy things like that. Yeah. And I was not ready for that. I was like. I'm just trying to make some monies, man. You know, get rich or uh. die trying, son. And, yeah, wow. And then that was my moment, my light bulb moment where I was like, no, I don't think I was put on this earth to just be successful. I think I was put on this earth to help the youth with their mental health. Mm. And then so I started to dug into this more research, uh, just seeing their suicide rates, depression, anxiety amongst the Generation Z and millennials. And I was like, man, I've been going about this the wrong way this whole time. It, it was just trying to do business, but it should have been trying to help these youth because I said, if I can help these kids get 10% happier through career readiness training so they can get a good job, then I did my job. I did my part. I'm happy with myself. You know, um, yeah. My goal is to help somebody get 10% happier. Um, and I did more research and I found out financial difficulty is a part of mental illness. It plays a part into mental illness when you're struggling financially. So what can I do in my part as a, in society to help with that? It's career readiness training. 
And I know these youth. I don't know if you notice, because you don't have a kid yet, Ed, but do you notice, we all notice how, you know, the youth are, they are addicted to technology. They struggle with digital dementia yeah. Yeah. and they are not socially poised. They don't have emotional intelligence. They really don't. And I'm like, I want to help them with that social poise. I want to help them feel better about themselves and go get that job and to give themselves a better life. And I didn't get that that realization until 2017 when I was in that Arizona high school, when I had that, you know, those hundred, that hundred kids just rush up to me. And, yeah. and then from there on out, I was like, I'm, I'm making sure that all of these contents is to help their mental health. And so that is what keeps me going. It's to, yeah. to know it's that I'm helping man. like maybe one or two kid out there just feel a little bit better about themselves. Um, and that's kind of how where my passion evolved towards. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's beautiful. I mean, because that's where you're. So that's where that that power comes from, right? To power through and and keep keep going. And it's. Right. I think you know one of the things that I just want people to to realize uh, is that yeah, when you see Eric, you know, you you see everything that he's saying right now, and and I love that about you. I, I'm sure people love that about you. And then some people are like, dude, who is this guy? Right. Right. But I think the equalizer, man, I were like, whatever, I, I can't find, think of the exact word, but the thing about you that everyone needs to love with and will love and would love if they knew is your heart, you know, your heart for what you're doing. And it's, you know, I just kind of like sharing right now a little bit. It's just that when you're doing things and I've had this experience where, mm -hmm you're doing things kind of as like untraditional, like your mm -hmm. approach, right. right? Your approach is something I think a lot of Taiwanese moms would be like, who is this guy? You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> I, right? <laughs> you know, my mom they, might be they, listening they, to this and she'd be like, who's that Eric fan? They you would know? say, stay away from my kids. Yeah, yeah, you know? And, but I I love your your focus, which is, hey, it's about the youth and it's about reaching them. And I have a voice. I have this unique way right. that's just just the way i was made and it's my eq and maybe the balling too right i'm sure that a player role too oh, the so balling had a lot to do that. had a lot to do with that that i never got into which is kind of funny yeah well yeah share, share a little bit about that yeah, yeah, yeah. before so, we go you yeah that you know i love playing i love hooping basketball is my favorite sport and growing up uh whenever i go on to playgrounds um the number as soon as you see an asian guy on the court the first thing you assume is they, they're not good at sports, right? They're just good at math yeah. and, and science. Yeah, unless they're Jeremy Lin, right? Unless. Well, even for him, he had that uh, sure, sure. that prejudice. So, yeah. um, you know, whenever I got on the courts and I didn't know the people, they will say bad things to you because you're Asian. They don't think you'll, you'll be any good. Um, and that's when I got to just go sickle mode on them. I got I got to go ham on them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I developed that that pushback that back against the wall from basketball because they just don't expect an Asian to be good. And they will talk down to you. Grown up, yeah. they will say mean things to you because they look at your look at you, they don't expect you to be good. And they're gonna say things that can't be repeated here. And you gotta build that thick skin and be like, um, I'm I'm a son in him, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, and so you gotta really develop it. And that balling helped me develop that like um, back against the wall pushback mentality. Yeah, I can see it. It gives right? you that, yeah, that kind of like, like ability to yeah. withstand to like to fight back, right? Right. Which, which I could see you need to do, you know, yeah, and what you're doing, and especially the way you're doing it, which is something different, something 
people might not be used to. Right. Um, that's great, man. Well, this is, uh, I think we were just about out of time, but I want one last thing is, uh, mm-hmm. if, if people want to hear more about you, learn, learn about you, maybe invite you to their school, like where can they find you? Oh yeah, for sure. So you can uh, email me at squareedge at gmail.com. Squareedge is spelled kind of funky. It's S-Q-U-A-R-A-G-E. S-Q-U-A-R-A-G-E. And if you want to go to the website to check us out, it's squareedgeglobal.com. And um, you can, uh, yeah, email me, check out the website. Uh, send in a little, uh, what's it called, call to action. Just click in and it'll send directly to that email. And uh, I would love to work with any program, any any school, et cetera. Yeah, love to help anyone that needs help. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah so for those of you listening out, please do, you know, reach out reach out to Eric. You know, if you know uh, principals or teachers who, who would be interested in this kind of stuff, please do share. And um Hey, hey, Eric, one last thing. I'm just going to like start. I'm going to start a thing now. I'm going to ask everyone this. Yes. So part of why I did this podcast is to inspire others. Mm-hmm. And because I do believe that many of us, maybe all of us, um, yeah, I'll say all of us have this thing in us where we see the world a specific way. And yes. not every, not like every single person is different in the way they view the world. And there's right. these things that we see that could, that need to be shared with the world. Right. Because mm-hmm. like none of us as individuals can see the whole thing. Right. But together, if we kind of share these things and share these insights and sharing things like specifically, this is called interconnected. So like mm-hmm. these two things like can can merge like for what you're what I'm hearing from you is like your unorthodox view of education and mentoring CTE. They could they can coexist. Right. So let's say if someone's mm-hmm. listening and they they have a thing like they're like you know, I believe ice cream and like social justice, they can come together. And I have this idea, right? I'm just saying, making it up, right? Right. Because I hear ideas like this when I meet with people. Yeah. And so, but then they're, they just don't, they think it's stupid or like, they don't, they don't know where to start. Like, what would you say to, to that person? Oh man, that's a good question. Like they have a dream, they got a passion, they want to actualize it, but they don't know how. Is that what you're yeah. asking? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a lot of uh, students at my training workshops. At the end of the Q&A, they always ask, how do I get into entrepreneurship like you? Okay. Yeah. And I always say the same thing. I say, do you see that mountain over there? And okay. then I say, don't climb it. I always, okay. Joke, I always joke around. I say, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> and it, that's it. And I, and I say, see that mountain, don't climb it, because entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Um, I always said entrepreneurship is like the UFC, you know, the UFC ultimate fighting championship MMA. Um, I said, everybody loses at least once in the UFC. Every fighter loses at least once. And that's kind of how I look at business. And so if I can talk you out of it and, and convince you not to do it, that's not a good sign. So the first thing I would do is I would do a little Jedi mind trick and be like, hey, Bob, John, Jill, um, are you sure you want to do this? It's really hard, man. Nine out of 10 startups fail. Are you sure you want to do this nonprofit yeah. or whatever? And if I could like, talk are you, about Are you sure like ice cream and social justice work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure ice cream can really work in this market? And if yeah. I could talk them out of it, that is not a good sign. They fail the first yeah. question. But they push back and they're like, for sure. I'm like, okay, we'll go to step two. Step two is um, 
I would gauge to see how much you're willing to trade off and sacrifice. I'd be like, are you okay with seeing less of your family, friends, social life? Um, because to get to the top mountaintop, you know, it, it, it's lonely at the mountaintop. It's lonely. And yeah. the wind blows the hardest at the top of the mountain. Uh, and so I would say, are you willing to do the trade-offs? And if they say no, I'm like, don't do it then. Stay in your, stay in your day job, you know? And if they say, yes, I'm willing to do the trade-offs, or we go to step three, I'd be like, okay, this is what you got to do now. You got to save a lot of cash. Yeah. <laughs> to chase your dream, you got to save sense. a lot of cash. And how much yeah. cash? I'd say 18 to 24 months of cash. And then once you have two years of cash saved up, quit. Quit your job. And then go 110% all in. Into okay. Your, into, okay. Right? Go all in into your dream. Do not have a plan B. If you have a plan B, that means your plan A isn't very strong. Right? Yeah. And then I always say to them, the last thing is this. I say, why are old grumpy men so grumpy? Why are grumpy old grumpy men so grumpy all the time? Why, why? We see a lot of 80-year-olds, you know, they're grumpy. They're like, get yeah. off my lawn, you know? Yeah. And it's because they're not happy. They have regrets. They're, they didn't take that risk. There was something that they wanted to do at 25, 30, 35 years old. They didn't do it. And so they're pissed off about life because they don't have closure. They're mm. in the last chapter during the fourth quarter of their life, and they didn't take the risk when they had the chance because they were scared. And so I think that if you're that person that might be grumpy at 80, you need closure. You know, you need to go, go for it and be prepared to go through hell before you get to heaven. Mm. Um, and Did you just make that up or is that a thing? Um, you know, I mean, I used to be a copywriter. <laughs> That's pretty good, bro. That's... And, right. And so the most successful marketing campaign of all time is, do you know what it is of all time? The most uh, Nike, no. just do it. Okay. That three, yeah. three word line made Nike into a billionaire, billion dollar, billion dollar company because just do it is a neutral statement. Just do it does not mean you will get success if you do it. It means right. you don't know what's going to happen, so do it. It right. means stay in the moment. It means focus on right now, not tomorrow or yesterday. It's a neutral statement. And um, so I, I say if you can pass those parameters, uh, if, I can, if I can talk you out of it, that's not good. And then if, I can, if you're not willing to do trade-offs, that's not good. And if you don't have enough cash, that's not good. And then can you deal with the regret of not having closure? And so those are things you got to ask yourself before you do it. And then just do it. And then just do it. it. Just do it. Right. It's a neutral statement. I I love it, man. I feel like, I feel like, um, it's like the Lakers and like halftime and I'm like ready to go out for third quarter now. Exactly. Like it's just what you just shared shared was, uh, inspirational. So, well, thank you, man. This is, uh, thank you. It's good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It was really fun. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. And, and I just want to just leave you with this, that, uh, you know, keep on fighting the good fight. You know, you got a unique voice and just love what you're doing. I appreciate you. And I'm sure there's others out there that uh, do as well. So um, well, thank you. Care, for, thank you for the opportunity. And thanks for this interview. And it was really fun. And I had a blast. And thanks a lot, Ed. All right. You're welcome. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.